Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas. Together and loving it. TNCs apply. Polaris has shiploads of vehicles arriving every month. Visit your local Polaris dealer today. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Morena, New Zealand, good morning to you all uh, on this Thursday morning. Uh, Ian Smith with you uh, with a show that uh, today features uh, quite a bit of rugby. We're going to be speaking very shortly to Glenn Jackson. Of course, we know Glenn Jackson, uh, former chief, of course, former referee, uh, and also uh, a coach rugby coach of note with Fiji, and now assistant coach uh, with Fiji and Drua. Uh, Jack will be with us very shortly, actually. Uh, then we'll be uh, talking a little bit later in the morning uh, to Wes Clark, who's the, the Black Ferns assistant coach. Of course, they named their first squad yesterday uh, under Wayne Smith. Uh, we'll talk about that in the, uh, the processes upcoming as they try to get ready for the World Cup, which is uh, not too far away. Uh, we'll have a panel with Mark Watson and Brad Lewis this morning, Ricardo Ball, uh, will come into us uh, after 11 o'clock uh, with the football news, uh, what's happening in, in the week. Of course, the Phoenix play tonight, but at the moment, uh, I can tell you an extra time, Real Madrid have just scored again. Uh, so they now lead on aggregate 6-5. They're an extra time, so Manchester City are under the pump at the moment. Uh, and then, uh, of course, we'll have a Greyhound pick for the week, a harness racing pick for the week, all in the next three hours. Sport is our religion, and here is Smithy's Sermon. Some of my fondest memories as a kid were about going to watch sport with my parents, predominantly to Athletic Park in Wellington on a Saturday afternoon. Rain, hail or shine, and there was plenty of all of that. The obligatory pie, two games of club rugby, thousands of fans, it was a weekend ritual. Mum would always boo Maris, Dad and I would uh, refuse to own her when she did that. It was a ritual, uh, a must at the weekend. Hated being late, always wanted to see kickoff for the curtain raiser, whether it be Paniki, Patoni, Varsity, Athletic, Onslow. It didn't really it matter to us. It was a genuine outing. They were good times. Club rugby players were actually our heroes. But that was 55 years ago, Athletic Park is gone. So have the parents, so have the crowds at club rugby, and some of those clubs have gone as well. Gone because of dwindling numbers of players, dwindling numbers of supporters and dwindling levels of interest. Well, certainly enough interest anyway to make us get off the couch, get in the car and go and watch. Point is, watching sport as a kid used to make us want to play sport. And there's no villain in this story, no one is to blame, it's just the time. Seven day trading may have signalled the start of it. Mums and dads working, not playing or supervising. Kids left to their own devices out of necessity. And of course, a multitude of activities available today that were never dreamt of back then when Adam was a cowboy. I'm not even sure where this rant is going other than to say, (coughs) it seems to me if you can't keep kids watching or playing sport while they're at school, you've got very little price of getting them back when they leave. And that is a massive issue as we look at uh, why people watch and go to sport these days. It is uh, 9.06 here on SENZ and Glenn Jackson very shortly. Back on the inside, they go! What about the start? Frank Lamont 
crowd up on their feet. What a start from the drawer. It's just come from that kick return from Gideoni Dalinga. Well, you can hear the excitement in the commentary team uh, led by uh, Greg Clark last weekend. Uh, and, of course, that was the rapturous sounds of 15,000 Fiji rugby fans on their feet applauding the Fijian drawer. Uh, that was the opening minutes, and it just stayed throughout. It was the most incredible atmosphere even to watch at home back in New Zealand here on television. Uh, Super Rugby certainly felt alive in the Pacific Nation. Uh, while I lost by three points, it will go down as a, a memorable match for many, uh, including, I would imagine, uh, the assistant coach for the Fijian Drua, uh, Glenn Jackson, well known to us here, of course, in New Zealand. Jacko, welcome back home. Thanks, mate. Good to be home. And, uh, yeah, obviously a great occasion to, to be part of and uh, disappointing with a three-point loss. But, yeah, uh, huge for Super Rugby and in the Pacific and really excited to be part of it. It was uh, a great turnout in the end. We spoke, uh, I think, on the Wednesday leading into it and uh, Brian Thorburn was actually very worried about um, the, the ticket sales and to the point where he was going to delay television coverage, etc., by a couple of hours. So all of a sudden they got in the mood to come. Yeah, look, geez, the tickets went cheap for, for the Fijian public and uh, obviously there was a little bit of uh, controversy around the, the, the TV stuff, but um, uh, like I said, they sold it out and uh, it was live to air, so it was, it was really good. And obviously the Highlanders, uh, it's great that they could come out and then put on a performance that, that they did. So it's, um, you know, it was in, in the all, it was a win for everyone, spent, apart from obviously <laughs> the result. Yeah, yeah. The... The experience of, of putting a franchise together from scratch with alongside Mick Byrne, uh, just tell us a wee bit about that. I mean, you, you've been involved with the Chiefs, etc., but the, the actual setting up of a franchise of this nature and having to play most of your games uh, away from home. How's that been? Extremely tough, Smitty. Um, yeah, we've, uh, we're sort of running with three coaches, um, which most teams sort of have five, so that, you know, First of all, it's quite difficult. Uh, 70% of the boys are, have come from the island, which is fantastic. So no experience in any sort of professional rugby. Um, so that's been awesome for them. Um, we, we got flooded out of our, our residence in, in Lennox Head, so we're sort of just living from hotel to hotel. But, you know, it's been amazing. A great, um, amazing bunch of boys. Uh, their, their resilience and their understanding of just of, of life and just moving forward has, has been phenomenal. And it's... Um, you know, we knew this year was going to be tough. We didn't expect it to be this tough, obviously, with all the all the things that we've had to deal with. But uh, it can only be it can only create better men and, and better uh, rugby players for the future for Fiji. So uh, we, we've got plenty of learnings. Um, we, you know, we've been competitive with most most games. We've sort of let ourselves down in a few areas, uh, pretty much a few, in most games as well. So, you know, when we sort of wrap up the season, there'll be a a great debrief and, a, and a, some real good uh, understanding and learnings of how, how we can move forward into 2023. Jacko, looking back to the start, I mean, the first two games didn't go so well. There were uh, decent margins that you're on the receiving end of, but then all of a sudden in round three, you won your first game. Uh, did you expect victory to come that, that soon? Because I, I think most people looking on, it's the same with Moana Pacific, have thought it might take some time. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome, obviously, to get a victory uh, early. Um, you know, we sort of look back on the season, the Reds, uh, we, we just haven't started well in most games. So the Reds, we sort of came back and 
and um, you know, I gave a stat to the boys that was sort of won most second halves in, in the games. Um, that, that's probably what was disappointing with the Islanders. Uh, you know, we we had a really good first half for the first time, and going into the sheds was about just uh, boys were going to keep playing, and um, you know, we didn't. We we kicked too much away, and sort of whether the occasion sort of got to us was 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 disappointing. But again, you know, the learnings from from what we had in the like you said in the first two games to to now to being competitive um, going forward. I mean, obviously, we still know we've got a, some pretty tough oppositions coming forward uh, with uh, the New Zealand teams, but. It's uh, it's good to be competitive, you know. Like I said, uh, well, most uh, new franchises have have struggled, and uh, it's taken them a few years to get into it. So that that's great. It's uh, really disappointing. Well, unfortunate we can play more games at home because, as you, as you talked about, the crowd that we got there and the, and getting back home was was awesome for the boys and and um, and to see their families have been away for six months. So um you know, it, it's it's been it's been great, and it's good to be uh, competitive in most most games. I would imagine coaching a, a Fijian side is, is quite interesting. I mean, you've been with the national side as well. And that, I mean, we all know their style of play. And when they're playing at their best, it is just, there's so much flair and uh, enthusiasm about it. So whilst, you've, whilst you're trying to coach structure, you don't want to try and tame that flair as well. So uh, unlike some of the New Zealand sides that haven't got that, uh, how, do you, how do you go about keeping them with that free license but under, under measure? Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. It's obviously uh, a fair bit of around our review and then our debrief is around, um, you know, what, how much do we want to stop the boys doing versus what's natural to them? Because uh, some 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 clips you can bring up quite re- quite regularly actually and says, what are we doing here, boys? And then two minutes later, you're showing the same clip and what an amazing try. So I, th- I think the the real key to us is, is to make sure that we keep the draw away, the Fijian way, and, and, uh, and let, not, you know, not, Put too much structure in, in how they're playing. They, they definitely want um, we want an understand, understanding what what the draw away looks like and how we can carry on doing it for eighty minutes. But uh, it's it's just so good to see w- what they bring to the game. Uh, every every rugby team, you know, dreams of having uh, players that can just break the game open like like the Fijian boys can. So um, it's as you said, it's a, it's a tough balance of getting getting um, a little bit of structure, but also just making sure that the boys can be comfortable in how they play. One of the things uh, I, I guess is when you talk about growing a franchise list like this is, is the first season or so you want to you want to be able to demonstrate that it actually works and and, and this clearly is working as Moana Pacifica is, is seems to be clearly working. Uh, that of course must be quite exciting in terms of the pathway. We we spoke to Brian about the the club rugby setup in Fiji, but now they can actually see an entity below the national side. That must encourage uh, the youth. And the future of the game in the islands. It does, and the Skipper Cup, which is their local sort of uh, NPC type setup, has uh, has been going uh, for a, for a long time. It's got a fair bit of um, popular popularity around it. It's very tribal. It's it's phenomenal to go and watch. So from there, it was then either the Fiji national team or overseas contracts, and now there's a pathway from from which. Well, as I said, 70% of these boys have come from that Skipper Cup now and going around and talking to some of the coaches with Skipper Cup now, now you can see there's, a, there's um, I suppose, a bit more professionalism around how they've formed their team this year because they know that they can go from a pure amateur 
sort of side of Fiji to actually being a professional rugby player based in Fiji. Um, you look at every team in France and England and, and even in New Zealand, there's Fijians scattered around uh, all those teams. So the pathway now is not to head overseas and make money. They can actually um, be part of the Indura. Um, we still understand that uh, it's, you know they're not they're not on the same scale as New Zealand or Australian in terms of pay, and, and we know we're going to lose players to to France, but or England. But uh, the good thing is, you know, some of those players are now quit, um, asking about coming back, and that that's that's awesome. That's awesome not only for the country but also for the national team. Um, heading into World Cups, having them based down here is is, is going to be awesome um, both ways. Still, we we understand the pathway for these young men is to to do as well as they can and, and make money. So, we, we, you know, once maybe they have two or three years and with the Endura, then they, you know, we, we're also happy that they can go and make some money overseas. So there's a, there's a good little pathway now for those local players. Okay, so Wellington uh, this weekend, it's, a, it's an afternoon game, 3.35 kickoff. Hopefully a nice sunny afternoon on their backs. Um, what are you expecting uh, out of the Hurricanes and what have you been focusing on uh, in the last few days? Uh, well, the Hurricanes have been playing some good footy. Probably haven't got as many results as they they probably would have liked, but uh, they're a good attacking team. And, and as I've said to our boys, that uh, it's it's like being back in uh, Nandi or Suva or Lautoka some Sunday afternoon. How good! So sort of focusing on afternoon footy. Um, we've seen it in um, in last week in Suva that you know the boys get up to for uh, for day footy. So um, we're we're excited by it. We've got a. Obviously, a quick turnaround, a uh, six-day turnaround to probably one of the biggest games of our season in Moana Pacifica. So it's a, it's a, it's a tough draw going from, from Suva. Uh, we've been in Lautoka for the last sort of few days before we end up here in Wellington. So it's, uh, it's good for the boys to really experience what um, this competition is about. It's not only rugby, but it's travel. It's uh, looking after yourselves and, and uh, experiencing new lifestyles. I think, I think we've got about... 50% of the boys that haven't been to New Zealand before. So, you know, even that is, uh, is something exciting for the boys. So, it's, uh, yeah, you've got to take it all in. Um, but, uh, yeah, looking forward to the Hurricanes. Obviously, um, got a reasonably strong connection with the island community. So, hopefully, it's a good turnout and um, get into it. And uh, as you say, Moana Pacifica uh, is just around the corner, which uh, I think is uh, one of the most mouthwatering uh Matchups that I can imagine actually in this competition, there'll be so much passion and and that. And of course, um, I, I guess it's one of those fixtures you look at at the start of the season and said, "There, that's one we can look at and and gauge exactly where we're at." Yeah, we can. Again, oh, you know, it's massively unfortunate that uh, COVID sort of controlled a fair bit of uh, of the draw because playing in Sydney is not probably where you know. Imagine playing in in Super again; it would have been a Probably a double sellout, I'd say, going over there or even in, in, in Samoa. So, you know, when, when, when that happens next year, that'll be amazing. But, yeah, that's, that's obviously a game that um, two new franchises uh, battling it out. Obviously, uh, Battle of the Pacific and, you know, um, it's going to be a cracker. So um, it'll be, uh, be a fair few big hits, I would have thought, after that game. And you'll be saving a, a little bit for your old mate, the Chiefs, in Lautoke. Huge... Uh, Rugby, um, uh, little town, uh, beautiful town, so it's going to be a cracker. Jacko, you've done pretty much everything in rugby and uh, at very high levels as well. Uh, where do you rate coaching as a, as uh, alongside playing and, and uh, officiating, refereeing? 
Oh, it's definitely the busiest. Um, yeah, as I said before, you know, we're only sort of running with three coaches, so it's uh, it's it's certainly a fair bit of time. Um, it's it's a, it's great, you know, like uh, you got a real connection with the boys. Um, really love the Fijian boys, the culture, uh, which makes it easy. Um, but you know, it's forever looking at hopefully you you cover as much as you can without, as you talked about, without doing too much. So. It's, I found it the hardest out of three by a mile, um, but um, I think uh, you know it's it's just awesome to be part of the game in, in, in a different sort of uh, area. So uh, um, I think probably also with being a new franchise, it makes it even more exciting because uh, it's sort of just all the unknown that you're doing. Um, being being away from the family hasn't been ideal, but. Uh, it's uh, no, nah, like I said, mate. It's just, it's just, just. Uh, I feel very privileged and honoured to be still involved in in in, in part of uh, this new franchise. Jacko, uh, just finally, as you look at uh, the game of rugby these days uh, from a coach's perspective and from a coach's box, um, what about the officiating side of it? It's changed even since uh, you're, of course, refereeing. It's become uh, more technology driven. It's more uh, refereeing by committee when it comes to those contentious decisions, etc. The TMO is very much a part of it. Are you concerned by that? Yeah, I am, mate. I am. I, I you know, I, I, there's plenty of people who had of uh, stop watching the game and um, or playing the game or wanting to be part of the game. It's it's a massive concern, and um, I, I don't think it's totally down to the officiating, but uh, there is definitely. Uh, a balance of looking after the player versus what the game's about, and um, at the moment, um, it, you know, it is extremely frustrating with the amount of input we are getting from from um, TMOs. But yeah, I'm not blaming the TMOs. I, I just think at times there's, there's places where we could just crack on, you know, in terms of play the game. Um, you, you sort of you get a you know the biggest crowd I think in Super Rugby this year is our, our game. Fifteen thousand, and you know, you know, you know, when we were play- when I was playing when we were young, Smitty, we were, that was just that that was that was an average crowd. So uh, mm. it is a concern. It is uh, definitely. I know there's plenty of other things out there for kids and, and people to be part of, but uh, we are in a, a position right now where we have to make sure that this game of ours is still great and um, still wanting people to be following it because. Uh, uh, you know, you, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to work out that that's not happening at the moment. So, is it the officiating? Maybe I, I, I don't know. You know, there's there's plenty of things that have to be sorted out um, to to make sure that this is a game that every New Zealander and every person in the in the world still wants to love and play. Jacko, um, I'll tell you what; those thoughts there are <coughs> very commonplace at the moment, and it's, it's a real concern. But uh, it's been great chatting to you, mate. Um, the franchise is going well. We're loving the style of rugby that you're producing and uh, look forward to the Hurricanes at the weekend, eh? Thanks for chatting to us this morning. Legend, as always, mate. Thanks Thanks for everything. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, Glenn Jackson there, folks, uh, with his thoughts uh, across the board with uh, Fijian Drawer, of course, and right at the end there, their fish-adding side of it. So uh, that is uh, not ha- that hasn't prompted. I, I was going to say that was one of my subjects for the day anyway. Uh, when you call us uh, on 0800 150 811, 0800 150 811, uh, you will be in line to win a $50 voucher from the Chemist Warehouse. Now, uh, the subject today is there are four games of Super Rugby, four games of Super Rugby in New Zealand on New Zealand soil this weekend. Two in Auckland, one in Hamilton, one in Wellington. 
If you're in those areas, will you go? Will you be going? And if not, why not? If not, why not? Let's get to the bottom of why people aren't going to these games. Why is 15,000 in Suva the biggest crowd of Super Rugby this time around in Australia or New Zealand? Why won't you be going? So that's just after 9.30. We'll open up the lines. 0800 150 811. Tell us why you wouldn't go to Super Rugby, even on your back doorstep. Polaris has shiploads of vehicles arriving every month. Visit your local Polaris dealer today. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. It is uh, 9.29 here on SENZ. Uh, yeah, that uh, subject uh, for the phone calls, 0800 150 811. Um, if you wanted to text double eight double three, I've just got one in actually. Two reasons I don't go to rugby anymore: bloody music is just o- is just over the top, and the Christchurch Stadium is rubbish. So uh, they're obviously a former Crusaders fan, or still a Crusaders fan, just uh, not prepared to go to rugby at the moment. Is that the way you're thinking? Is that uh, is what keeps you away there? The experience at the stadium, the cost, uh, the type of rugby, the officiating. Uh, what are the reasons why you won't be bothered? Uh, getting up off the couch or making an effort to go and watch Super Rugby this weekend with four games here on home soil, particularly with the nature of the competition. I mean, it's close. The matches are close, a lot closer than we thought uh, they were going to be when we opened it up to go overseas. Uh, we've got some new teams playing, Moana Pacifica, of course, BG and Drua, uh, new franchises that we're seeing on our soil. Why won't you be going? I forecast that crowd numbers uh, with the patterns that we've been seeing, will be quite disappointing in some of those venues. It's 9.30. Here's uh, Araha with a news update. Talkback time with Smithy. Brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Call now for a chance to win today's $50 Chemist Warehouse voucher. 0800 150 811. That is the number, 0800 The lines are open. Please uh, get on the phone and tell us why uh, you are hesitant or why you just simply don't go uh, to watch uh, Super Rugby uh, anymore. Um, uh, we know that you have in the past because the crowd sizes have been good in the past, but not now. Uh, so what is the reason? What What is, is the real reason that you, you won't go? Uh, you could be in line to win a Chemist Warehouse voucher for 50 bucks. 0800 uh, we've got Darren on the line from Australia. G'day, Darren, how are you? Hey, Smithy, how are you? I'm, I'm good, mate. Thanks for taking the time out to, uh, to call a little old New Zealand for us. And, and uh, why don't you go to rugby, mate, anymore? Uh, there's a few reasons. Um, the quality of what you get, the beer, the food, the food's deep-fried rubbish, the beer's mid-strength garbage in a plastic cup, and the whole experience... Like, you get to see the rugby and, and there's nothing else to it. And the sort of time it takes, you know, your time to go to the game, go home, it's sort of a, you know, no one's got that. And I think the other reason is is, is, is you. Um, the commentary you guys provide pre-game, mid-game, after the game, for me is amazing. You know, when there's a break in play, that's when you guys shine and tell us why this person's been injured, why, why, the, what, why the ref's done this. We get so much more information sitting at home watching it, watching it on TV and we're totally engaged the whole time. What would it take 
what would it take to get you there, Darren? Um, I mean, if they said, for instance, uh, it's not live anymore, we're going to have it delayed, has been the case in the past uh, for some, I think Australian uh, television was one of the first to do that, actually. Um, and, uh, and it wasn't live anymore. Would you go? I'd go if they kept me engaged. Half-time, it's not really that great. You know, when there's a stoppage in play, we're all sitting there, we don't know what's going on, why it's happening. We're just disconnected from the game. It's only what we see, whereas with, the, with you know, I want commentary like you guys are, uh, are providing. If, if we could tap in, wear a headphone, wear something, I don't know. For me, that's the big thing. I just constantly am not engaged with the game when I'm there. They did have sports ears a while ago uh, where you could actually do that. I, I think you could buy them for about 10 bucks or something and, and that would actually give you uh, the commentary. And I think they stopped doing that. What they have done, of course, so uh, Darren, I've brought pretty much the whole game to you virtual, uh, virtually by big screens and, and uh, putting audio up now of referees' decisions, etc., like that. So uh, they're doing their best, but it's just not working, is it? No. No, it's the overall package. You, you know, you're in a cold environment. You know, it's winter. We're here in Melbourne. It's freezing at the moment. And um, it's just the whole overall package. You know, you can go home, eat and drink some really nice products at a fraction of the price, sit there in your frumpy clothes and watch a great product that's on the TV. And yeah. it's hard to sort of go, well, I change all this to go and see it live when I can sit at home and watch back-to-back games in, in over a five-hour period and have a great time. Yeah, so yeah. I think I, I, I think I, part of it is you guys. It. You're providing such a you're providing such a good product. Well, I, I get I get where you're coming from, uh, and I'm not quite sure what the answer is because, of course, the game doesn't. Um, it has to have the television coverage because the television money uh, provides the finance for the whole deal. So I, I'm not quite sure what the answer is there, Darren. But what I am sure is I'm really happy that you called, took the time out to call, mate. Uh, you're definitely in line for the Chemist Warehouse voucher from our. Uh, from our great sponsors because I know that they're a huge franchise in Australia as well. Uh, hey, Darren, uh, don't be a stranger. Call in any time you like, mate. I, I'd love to talk to you. I, lo- I love uh, the common sense you're making too. Thank you. Thanks, Billy. Cheers. Cheers, uh, Joe. Joe. Joe, good morning to you. Morning, Smitty. How's things today? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Uh, you, you're not that fussed on going to the rugby either, eh? Oh, mate, I'm in Gizzy, you know, a couple hundred k's up the road from you. And for us to go to the footy, right, if we're not going to McLean Park, for me to take the two boys and my two girls, is about a $1,500 weekend. Right? Yeah, so we go big. to Warriors yeah. once a year, we go, we go to All Blacks once a year, and we plan that. But we're in Gizzy. About four years ago, they bought the Warriors here. The town put up 100 grand to bring them. They had a week, all the schools, they had 7,000 standing room only at Poverty Bay Park, right? Now, the Hurricanes come here for camps for a week, but they never bring games here, Smithy. They bring a game to McLean Park once every two years. That barely sells out. The problem with the rugby union and these, the Sky deals is that people are not uh, getting the service, I think, back from rugby. We're taking it to the provinces. Have a game a year in Gisborne. Have a game a year in... Uh, more than one game a year in Taranaki. Have a game in Topor. Have a game in, you know, these regions down south where the Crusaders could go. And they're not filling the stadiums. You look at Sky Stadium, Smithy. You work there. You barely got six, yeah. seven, eight thousand, right? 
I mean, I lived in yep, the UK absolutely. for 16 years, and in France, every week, 20,000 at Saracens, 16,000 at Northampton, 22,000 at Toulouse. They sing. The atmosphere is amazing. It's affordable. You know, they've got the earpieces for the commentary. They've got a big kid zone you can put your kids in. We just don't make it attractive enough for families because also everyone's busy. You know, society's so yeah. expensive. We're all working six days a week now, Smithy. You work seven days probably, you know, in, in all your different roles. And we've got to be realistic. Why can't we have rugby on a Wednesday night, Smithy? Why do we have to have it on Saturday and Sundays? You know? I mean, my kids play hockey, and it's on a Wednesday afternoon at 3.30. That's good because it frees up my Saturday. Right? So we need yeah. to look at the and say, what is the modern family, the modern fan, right? Normally driven by the father, sons, daughters, you know. What are they looking at for entertainment dollar? Because I pay $129 a month for Sky Sports. And, you know, because I live in Gizzy, we don't have anything. And we're like, right, let's go to McLean Park. Let's go the one day. Or let's go. Let's go. But you're just catering to the same fan who's expected to put their hand in their pocket every home game and they can't afford it either, Smithy. Yeah. Joe, love your call. Absolutely love your sentiments there. I um, uh, hope uh, Gizzy's treating you well, mate. Uh, don't be a stranger. Certainly you are in, uh, in line in the draw to win the Chemist Warehouse voucher. I think we'd go, uh, Joe, thanks. Uh, head across to Graham now. Uh, Graham uh, from Marlborough, formerly of Northland. I hope they've got that round the right way. Graham, why don't you? Uh, why wouldn't you go if you were uh, in town? Yeah, you got it. Bang on there, Smithy. Um, look, yeah, look, I, I, I'm a bit like Joe. Like I look, I look at the draw at the start of the season and see what what's going on. And like, I'll probably go to a Super game, but um, since the All Blacks are, you know, they're playing at Wellington, so we've just booked flights accommodation and we've got our tickets on Tuesday. The tickets for $180 each just for your basic you know, Joe Public seat and that's, so that's 360 bucks. It was $400 for flights um, $600 for accommodation. So you're looking at so what's that? It's nearly $1,300 just to get, before we get to the game and we haven't eaten any food or drunk any alcohol yet. You know? so, so, and, and the same thing if I'm going down to a Crusaders game We'd probably drive yep. down. Uh, say it was on a Saturday night, we'd drive down in the morning. But we'd still have to stay somewhere and blah, blah, blah. Like in the co- and like it's $10 for a beer, mate, you know? Like, yeah, the cost, we can afford it to do it once or twice. Um, but I'm getting sick of having to afford to do it, you know. It's just, it's just getting out of reach for, you know, for 20-year-old young people who want to go along and watch a game of rugby. Now, they haven't got that sort of cash to spend. So, it's, and yeah, the product yeah. you're getting, when you're, when, you're, when you're sitting there for 15 minutes waiting for a TMO to make a decision, you know, it's bad enough when you're watching it on TV. So, the product, the, the, the product's not there anymore. You know, I used to go along to rugby and it would just, it'd just, it'd just be all on, just go, 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 go. Now, you're sitting there and did he, did he, did he contact his head? Was it you know, was he low enough? Blah blah blah. It's it's like Glenn Jackson said. It's you know when he was playing, fifteen thousand was an average crowd. Now, yeah. now fifteen hundred. Now fifteen hundred an average crowd, and that's you, you know the the game can't afford that. 
You know, you can't afford to keep paying these guys that sort of money if no one's going. It's it's sad. But yeah, like we'll go along and I might be able to, I'm probably only going to be able to afford to go to one game a year just because it's just getting out of my reach and we're comfortable, you know, so to speak. <laughs> and if you're going to go, you want to enjoy yourself. You don't want to freeze to death yeah. and pay 10 yeah. bucks for crap beer, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hearing you. I'm, I'm hearing you, Graham, and it's it's very similar to a lot of people. The the experience just simply isn't good enough to make you want to leave your couch. It's as simple as that, Graham. Thanks very much for your call, Charles from Auckland. Now, Charles, you're in, uh, the previous two guys that would actually have to travel quite a long way to get to Super Rugby games. You don't. You're from Auckland. There's two this weekend in Auckland. Would you bother? No, not this week, Smithy. Um... I'm I'm uh, I'm not a league fan, but last week I stayed up for the Blues game. In between, I watched the Panthers versus the Titans, and that was an exciting, engaging game. Half time, I switched over to the Chiefs versus the Reds, and it was so boring. Um, the game was slower. I feel like not only the officiating is a problem, but also the possibly the attitude of the players. It's not as um, yeah. they just don't have the same attacking mindset these days in, in some games. So I, I'm with you there. I, I think it's too, it's too, just too easily shut down the game of rugby at the moment. The defensive lines are there before a player even thinks about catching the ball. I mean, it's just hit up, that's shut, shut them down. Yeah, that's the, that's be, the problem. Uh, everyone seems to be sending a shooter up in defence and no one's thought of a way around it. Just off the top of my head, little chips over the top, uh, things like that. But um, no one's sort of negating that either. So my money's not going to be um, spent down at the Blues this week, but I will watch on TV. OK, Charles, thanks very much for that. Um, uh, we'll pop to Neville now, I think. Uh, Neville, uh, where are you calling from, Nev? In the cargo. So you, I would imagine you're quite frustrated because you have to go to Dunedin um, because they, the Highlanders simply won't come to you. Is that right? That's exactly right. Um, and once in a blue moon, you might see them here. Um, but other than that, it, it's it's a case of having to travel and expense, and it's usually night games. And if you um, want to go and visit a couple of friends after the rugby, then some nights accommodation as well. Um, but I think there are other things too, Smithy. Um, the seasons between sports, different sports, has merged, and the days of a rugby season and a cricket season have gone. I can go and watch, take the women's cricket that was recently been on. I can go and watch one of those games and at night go home and watch rugby. And there comes a time when you've had enough. You've just simply had enough. Um, Plus the fact that I, I have to agree with some of the people, you watch some of these games on telly at night time and the time it takes to set a scrum, you can go and make a cup of tea and a couple of bits of toast and come back and haven't missed a thing. And that to me is getting ridiculous. I I can put up with it while I'm watching it at home, but I, I would get totally pissed off with it if I'm at a game. You're not getting value for money. Neville, uh, I hear you, um, and I, I've heard everyone this morning, and the same theme keeps coming on through. 
uh, for what you pay, it's just not good enough what you're getting these days. Neville, thank you so much uh, for your call this morning. Thanks to everyone that has come in here. Uh, Logan will make a decision on the Chemist uh, Warehouse voucher very shortly. We'll let you know who's won that and uh, we'll get it out to you quick smart. Thank you so much for everyone who's bothered to pick up the phone this morning. Uh, this is such a sensitive subject, we might even think about carrying it on tomorrow as well because it's uh, very much an issue in the game and um, the fan experience, it just simply isn't good enough uh, by the sounds of things across the board. 9.46 here on SENZ. Polaris has shiploads of vehicles arriving every month. Visit your local Polaris dealer today. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. It's Harness Racing New Zealand, Pacing for Purpose, Season 2. And this week's uh, Harness Racing pick to raise funds for Women's Refuge, our charity, currently 260 on the harness racing side of things, uh, is uh, Addington tomorrow, uh, race for number one, race for number one, Franco Norton, has a, a bit of a tricky draw for the horse that can break behind the mobile, but is a very nice horse and could win at decent money. That is what the tipsters tell us as we uh, have recommended. Number four, uh, sorry, number one race for Franco Norton at uh, Addington tomorrow evening. Uh, just uh, time to tell you as well that uh, Real Madrid have won 3-1 over Manchester City in this morning's match. An extra time goal made it 3-1, which means they go through to face Liverpool in the final of the Champions League on aggregate six goals to five. Six goals to five. Uh, more on that with Ricardo Ball when we talk to him after 11 o'clock. It is 9.53 here, and uh, when we come back, it's multi-time. The Good Oil, all the fun and tips for your Saturday afternoon. Live Saturdays from 1 on SENZ. Polaris has shiploads of vehicles arriving every month. Visit your local Polaris dealer today. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. You got to know when to hold up, know when to fold up. Smithy's multi. Know when to walk away, and know when to run. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Well, yesterday we went for Golden State to beat Memphis. Didn't happen. Memphis got up and beat Golden State. Golden State took the lead in the fourth quarter and gave it away. And last night, the stack, uh, the, we had the steal to beat the Tactics. Tactics got up and beat the steal. So, uh, and that was a dollar twenty-five shot. So that really was against the odds. Uh, today and tonight, in fact, uh, the Western Sydney Wanderers are playing the Phoenix. I think the Western Sydney Wanderers will beat them uh, at two dollars ten. They've had the better of them. Uh, the Phoenix Suns uh, will beat Dallas Mavericks this afternoon at a buck thirty-seven. I think Phoenix Suns uh, are really going to be there uh, when. Uh, the medals are handed out, or the rings are handed out at the final of the NBA. I think the, their season, now that they've got Booker back, uh, Devon Booker back, uh, fit, uh, $1.37. Uh, and uh, tonight there's uh, rugby league action, of course. The, this weekend starts uh, on a Thursday night. Uh, Rabbitohs to beat the Broncos at a buck twenty-three. Multi those up, $3.53. I'll take $3.53 for a dollar any day of the week. Uh, okay, let's uh, look at what we've got coming up in the next hour. Yeah, it's Wes Clark. He is, of course, the assistant coach to Wayne Smith for the Black Ferns, part of that brand new coaching structure. Uh, we'll have a chat to Wes, uh, just how it's coming together. And of course, they named their first squad yesterday for the upcoming Pacific Four matches. Australia, USA, Canada. 
So plenty to talk to uh, Wes about um, and just how closed is the book on some of those players that were left out. We shall uh, wait and see and have a chat after the break, uh, as well as a panel, of course, in the next hour. It's time for the news. Here's Ottawa. Before we get on to uh, the, the Black Fence side of things, the Hurricanes Pool, how, how, did, how did you find uh, that particular competition? Very quick fire, of course, but how did you enjoy the experience and the way it went? Oh, the experience was fantastic. Um, you know, I felt like it was very successful for the Poa in particular. We probably didn't have the best team on paper to start off with, so to come away with a win and a, and a close loss um, to the eventual winners, Manawa, as well, um, it's pretty pleasing. Um, obviously, the competition usually disrupted by COVID. And in particular, I think we had 20 cases at one point, so uh, it wasn't easy, but, um, you know, a special group of girls, so it was, uh, was, real, was real fun. Okay, so out of that uh, particular competition and back uh, into an environment that you've been part of uh, since about 2015, uh, but a new coaching structure, uh, where's, how's it coming together? Yeah, it's going really good. Um, I mean, you can imagine Graham Henry and uh, Wayne Smith have got massive experience behind them. They know what's worked in the past. Um, I'm still impressed by their creativity and what could work in the future and you know, in particular, Smitty, the professor, doing what he does best and, and how he sees how the game can develop, in particular our game. So that's going really good. Um, Alan Bunting's added something with his um, expertise and uh, particularly around bringing groups together. And, and then, of course, Whitney Hanson stepping up um, as, the, as the forwards coach, essentially, uh, from being an intern last year. We, we already added heaps of value last year, but um, stepping up this year officially as, as the forwards coaches. It's been exciting, mate. It's been really good. There's some new stuff coming out, so I think that's enthusing the players as well. We spoke, uh, Wes, to uh, Wayne Smith uh, not that long ago, actually. He said one of the first things he had to do was uh, go meet the players, introduce himself to the, the players. Of course, a totally new environment for him. Uh, and I guess you're, you've been able to, uh, in that capacity anyway, with your knowledge of, the, of, of many of these players, help him with that. But uh, how's, that, how's that side of thing going? Well, the, the, I mean, the beauty of Smitty is he's got a, a huge reputation in New Zealand rugby, so you know, the, a lot of the players are really, you know, I suppose proud or happy to be coached by him in the first place, um, knowing what sort of knowledge he brings. So from their perspective, you know, it's, it's probably a pretty easy transition. I think Smithy's had to do a lot of homework. Um, we've had sort of photos photos on the table and who's this player we're talking about and who's that one? And then we go out onto the grass. But, um, in, I mean, you know what he's like, mate. He, he does his homework. He's extremely hardworking. We get emails all day and phone calls, etc. cetera. So um, I, I think the actual... Uh, introductions went very well uh, everyone's really happy to have him there and his expertise and and I think his hard work has um you know showed through the selection as well where he wants to take the game Ruhe Demont is the uh, the new captain that you've named uh, tell us uh, how you settled on Ruhe <laughs> um, well first we picked the team and then uh, then we had a good look around through, you know, through the group to see who is best to captain um, this group and We've got a few criteria. I'm probably not going to divulge them all, but but ultimately, when you when you get to Ruha's name, what you find is you find someone who's really strong in her own identity. Who's really strong in her tikanga Māori. Um, who's highly intelligent. She's a lawyer. Um, who's usually respected by the players around her uh, when she speaks. And I think you know we've had a couple of trainings against um, teams in Christchurch, and I think Smithy was impressed by some of the stuff uh, Ruha was saying. You know, either during the game or at half times or in breaks, and how she was addressing the group and, and how people were responding. So 
Um, you know, she ticks all those boxes for us. She's a, she's a she's a very good player in her own right, so she'll command her spot on the team. And um, and you know, the last thing you'll you'll see is someone who's really humble. And you would have seen some of that in the interviews yesterday. That you know, she's honest and open, authentic and humble. So um, that'll that'll help the the rest of the players and free them up to be the same. So uh, I think she'll be great, mate. Fantastic, Wes. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, talking to Wes Clark, of course, who is assistant coach to uh, the Black Ferns. Now, uh, this uh, particular competition you've coming up, of course, Wes, with limited opportunities to prepare and get your squad together, is hugely important. You can't play everyone uh, within your thinking, of course. You've had to leave some people out for various reasons. Of course, you've got sevens girls coming back, so it's still not going to be that easy, but it's crucial, these three, these three games coming up. Yeah, look, it's critical for us. I said yesterday uh, for three reasons. The first one is we want to do a good job of showing what we're capable of, of showing attractive rugby. We want to get New Zealand behind us so that they you know, buy tickets and come and support us at the World Cup. It's really important for the players. So this group that we selected, they get first dibs on, you know, putting their hand up for the jersey and, and you know, putting a good performance out there when it comes to selection or getting in front of, mind, in front of our minds when it comes to selection for the World Cup. So... From a player's perspective, it's really important. And then lastly, from our perspective, coaches, as I've insinuated before, you know, we're going to try a few new things around game plan. Um, we've got a few challenges around how England play and France play in particular. So we've got to come mm-hmm. up with, with ideas and things to counter that. So uh, this will be an opportunity for us to try at least some of those things, um, see how they go and, and see if we can uh, progress the players a little bit closer to the, the way we want to play the game. Of those three sides, uh, where's Australia, Canada, the USA, what, what are the styles of rugby uh, across those three that will align you to be better prepared against um, uh, England and France? Uh, uh, is it the same sort of abrasive rugby going to come out of those sides? Yeah, look, I expect Australia in particular to be really abrasive. They just had their um, Super W competition, which is essentially women's super rugby as well. Looking at the footage, you know, that was a pretty tight competition. Um, you know, some good rugby played in there. Their style is abrasive, so I think that'll be good for us. Whenever you play Canada, um, and, and Canada's looking really good, um, when you play them, you always play against real, like they've, they've got really good athletes, um, massive work rates, um, always in great condition, so they'll, they'll, they'll push for 80 minutes. Um, and then, of course, USA, they've got you know some of those um, uh, seventh athletes that they often bring out to play against us, particularly on the wing and the outside backs, etc. So they're all slightly different. Um, I expect them all to be tough. The, as we all know, the, the gap's closing all the time in the women's game as other nations are pouring more money, more effort into the women's game You know, um, after the Olympic intervention, I suppose. So um, they're going to be tough games. They'll challenge us in slightly different ways. But I think for us, the, the key thing at the moment is where do we want to take our game and how can we impose our game on them? Speaking of imposing, um, the name Ruby Tui uh, is uh, probably one of the best names best-known names in, in women's rugby, uh, not just in this country, in the world, because of her pers- personality, her ability, her personality, and the way uh, she portrays the game as such. Uh, what about her introduction into the squad? What does she bring for you? Well, Ruby brings things um, or attributes both on the field and off the field. I mean, you, you can hear how outspoken she is. Again, someone who's really uh, proud of who she is, um, authentic in her um, and how she addresses people and treats people and, and lives her life with courage all the time, doing things that make her uncomfortable, like joining the 15s team or having a crack at this 15s team. So 
you know, off the field, she's amazing. She's, she's a real leader. She makes people feel comfortable. She always has a laugh. Extremely hardworking, so she's always on the laptops, which is great for our younger players to see that. So, and then, of course, on the field, she's multi-skilled, like, you know, real competitive. You would have seen her. Um, I think the word, you know, it's like uh, mongrel was used yesterday by some of the media. Um, so just just goes really hard um, at everything she does. She's fast, obviously, um, ability to offload, multi-skilled, good over the ball. So, mate, she's going to add a lot to us. Um, the challenge for us will be, you know, how we decide to use her in the end. And, um, of course, other players, um, there's other, other good players in her position as well around the country. So um, how we use all of them. Wes, uh, obviously it didn't go so good in the UK, but uh, you're still getting opportunities to look at uh, England. You're getting opportunities to look at France, Ireland, um, Wales, etc. I just wonder, uh, has their game gone ahead again during the Six Nations that, that you've been observing? Well, it's interesting. Um, you know, they scored four four more tries against us in the in the, in the second game. That, that's England, that is. Um, and again, on the weekend, they beat France with three more tries. So, you know, they've got a, a formula that works for them, uh, a formula that they believe in and that their players and their selecting players that, that's good at that formula. So, um, you know, we've got to find a way to counter that. I think that they're always getting better. I think they've also settled on their squad now, and um, I think what we're seeing at the moment is probably what we'll see at the World Cup. So I think the challenge for us is can we leapfrog them? I would be uh, thinking that um, France also uh, would be a, a serious a serious threat, not able to get up to England, but uh, equally so. What, what's the slight difference France possess to England? Well, the French are... <laughs> The, the big difference with the French is that they're probably even harder to plan for at times because they do many things so unorthodox. Uh, they've got a brilliant kicking game, you know, right across the field. So that's, that's always a challenge for us to deal with, what has been in the past. And they've got a great, well, they've got two great halfbacks and uh, Bourdon and Sun Tzu who are just fantastic. So, you know, they're constantly challenging teams around the ruck, um, etc. But they do things unorthodox and sometimes it comes off for them and sometimes it doesn't. So, um you know, on the on the weekend, England got up on them. Um, but I think it's, um, when French, when the French are at their best, when they actually put the things together that they're trying, um, they're as hard to beat, if not harder, at times as in England. In fact, they've beaten us, I think, three times now since 2018. So, um, you know, they, they seem to be a challenge for us. And like I said before, I don't want to say too much, but we're making plans to say how can we control them and how can we leapfrog England. In terms of your uh, plans, Wes, what, what now? What, what is uh, leading up to uh, the Pacific Four? What is the plan for the squad that you've assembled or picked? Yes, so coaches will assemble on Sunday. Um, we've got a camp in Christchurch next week. Um, we're doing a few things differently at these camps, which, again, excites the players. I, I don't want to say too much, but it's, it's definitely different. It's, it's a lot more physical. Um, so we'll have a camp for a week next week. Players will go home for a couple of weeks, and then we'll have a pre-departure camp uh, at the end of the month and, and come together and tell them for that. So uh, that's the plan at the moment. Of course, the players all go into their hubs across the country, and you know, we're making a real effort to make sure that um, we're really connected with those hubs. We're sending footage. We're sharing probably more than ever before to make sure that uh, when players are not with us in camp or assembled with us, they're getting uh, the same messages, uh, the same uh, types of sessions, and... Um, the same skill sessions, so we've got a way we want to play the game, so we've got to get really good at um, some of the skills that we want to enhance over the next uh, four or five months.
Have you settled uh, between you as a coaching staff, as a selectorial um, group, have you settled on a time when you have to actually, in your own minds, be uh, 100% positive with what you've got? I mean, you've still got, as, as you said before, you've got these people are having first, they've got first dibs on the jerseys, but you've got other players coming back and you've got people waiting on the fringes. At what point, uh, leading into the World Cup, will you have to be ready uh, with your own thinking in that department? Um, look, I'm the worst guy to ask about dates, to be honest, but we, we do have a date. We've got to name our squad. I think we've got to name 50 players uh, to World Rugby at the end of June. So, you know, by that stage, we'll have a, an idea of who the top 50 are, and that would be across 15s and 7s. Um, but I suppose what we're doing differently um, than in the past is we're like we're really connected with all the players. We're really connected with the 7s the girls in particular. So, you know, we've had one-on-ones with all of them, the, the ones that we know are, are interested at this stage. Um, so it won't just be a case of I'll uh, see you in July or we'll have a chat in September. It's 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 ongoing for us. Um, and you know, as we go through the year, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be people losing form, etc. So um, I don't have an actual date, mate. But um, I think I think the big difference this year is that is the amount of work that's ongoing on a daily basis, rather than uh, players coming in and out of assemblies and, and us making decisions there. Yeah. As I said before, uh, we you've been there for uh, coming up seven years now. It sounds just from your voice that uh, your very uh, your level of excitement has gone up uh, considerably about the prospect of what what's ahead. But the group that you've assembled, uh, coaching wise and playing wise, uh, initially anyway, sound, it sounds as if you're you're really in, into it big time. Yeah, well, it's, I'm a bit like the players, right? Um, we're doing new stuff. We're doing things differently. Um, Smithy's got a pretty clear plan on where he wants to take the game. Um, the, the great thing about it is it's, it's, um, it's aspirational. So we're actually not even sure if we can quite get to the, the very pinnacle of what, what Smithy's talking about, but, but that's the excitement in it. So uh, we've got a clear vision of where we want to go with the team. Um, we're unsure if we're going to get there. That's the exciting part. But, um, man, we're doing some, some really quality work at the moment, and the players have really bought into it so far. So... Mate, it's, it's, it's exciting, it's new, and, um, and, and look, we've got a World Cup in New Zealand, so the prospect of yeah. some of these players debuting and some of them finishing in front of a massive crowd is, is also exciting. If uh, Wayne Smith's a professor, what are they calling you? <laughs> oh, I don't know. What <laughs> You'll have to ask him what they call me, mate. <laughs> um, not, uh, sure, not sure. Okay, <laughs> okay. hey, where's... <laughs> Wes, hey, thanks, mate. Honestly, um, it sounds exciting. It sounds really cool, and that you've got things in place uh, so relatively quickly, and uh, uh, things are changing and evolving very quickly. Hey, uh, all the best with uh, particularly the uh, Pacific Four. It sounds a, a really exciting initiative and a good chance to prepare. Sounds good. We're watching on with interest, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate the support. Yeah, cheers. So, uh, where's Clark there, folks? Of course. Um, Head coach of uh, the Hurricanes, Bower, he's been uh, with uh, the Black Ferns since 2015, now an assistant coach to the Professor Wayne Smith and enjoying his role. Uh, and you can tell uh, the challenges ahead are exciting ones. They're not uh, ones that they're going to uh, shun away from. 10.19 here uh, on SENZ. Panel next. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. We have Mark Watson with us this morning and uh, Brad Lewis as well. Mark, if I could begin with you, uh, a Blues fan, 
Um, so you wouldn't be too worried about the problems that Scott Robertson's having uh, with another player banned for three weeks on top of uh, uh, Scott Barrett, of course. No locks really available to him. You'd be almost enjoying this, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, look, for the greater good of the competition, um, I, I do want to sort of see the Crusaders playing better. I'm concerned about what's happening at an all-black level and how things might pan out later in the year just with the way New Zealand teams are looking somewhat un- uncharacteristic. Um, oh, look, a bigger issue for me is we lose locks, and I'm probably digressing here a little bit, but, oh, mate, this whole... The All Blacks still pulling players in and out of Super Rugby and making them have mandatory rests, I, I think, has got to be incredibly unsettling. And, and I would just still like the All Black management and coaches to tell me when rest and rotations actually work. We did a similar thing last year and it didn't work. Uh, we did it in 2019, it didn't work. And this competition needs its credibility, and I think it is struggling. Uh, but it's good that the Australian teams have stepped up suddenly. Uh, you know, it's hard enough, as you alluded to, players getting three-week bans for, I wouldn't say intentional type high shots, and then um, losing players to injury. Only on top of that, suddenly having to sort of manage these games out because the All Black management um, demand the best of it. You know, we've got to stop making rugby all about the All Blacks. We've got to make sure we've got a competition that the fans can buy into. And um, yeah, look. Um, so probably answering your question, Smithy, and I have digressed somewhat. Um, yeah, look, I, I want to see a full-strength Crusaders team. I want to see full-strength blue sides. I, I want the best teams in this competition. I've just been enjoying the week of watching Champions League football. And, um, you know, that is a model that New Zealand rugby should be looking at. The English Premier League is a model they should be looking at. Where it's not actually about the player, it's actually about the fan. Yeah, I mean, that is the thing. One of our subjects this morning, Mark, has, uh, has been... Uh, about fan attendance and fans buying into the whole event as such. Now, this weekend, of course, there's four games on New Zealand soil, Mark. There's uh, two in Auckland, Blues Rebels, uh, and then Moana, yep. Moana Pacifica against the Waratahs. I just wonder, what kind of crowd sizes would you be expecting? Minimal? Yeah, minimal. Like I say, what, like, I follow Liverpool Football Club, and everything they do is about the fan. From Jurgen Klopp, the players out on the field, the players being put up, everything here is about player. It's about the players association. It's the tail wagging the dog and it's got to change. You know, we've, I mean, I don't know about you, Smithy, but I know on the shows that I've done on SEZ and previously on other stations, it's just so hard to even try and get players on at times. And I just look at it and go, come on, man. You know, we're still just a small part of the world. It's not a truly, truly global game. Your numbers are in decline, viewing numbers, player numbers are down, um, attendance numbers are down, and you know, and all I ever hear about is how hard the players are doing that. Preach, what? Yeah, Preach. I, th- I, th- I think that's what, uh, a very good point, actually. Uh, nice point to bring you in, too, Brad. What, what do you make of uh, those thoughts of Mark's? And from a league, uh, a leaguey, I guess, you're probably a, a little bit more uh, pointing to, pointed towards league. But uh, how have you looked at uh, Super Rugby, the attendance, uh, that sort of thing this year? Mm. Well, look, I, like I know from a media perspective, um, like I produce a radio show at the station that I work at, and it's very hard getting a Super Rugby player on a show on a Saturday to the point where you have to request them on a Tuesday, right? And so these players are sort of, they're away from the public eye a lot. They're, they're almost hard to get at. My point is, is that LeBron James does 164 press conferences a year. Right, he does a pre like he has 82 games in the regular season. He does a pre and a post game press conference. That's the biggest sports star on the planet. 
Tiger Woods does a press conference every single day when he's got a golf. Plus, he does when he's playing golf. Plus, he does the four days before that. Lewis Hamilton does four or five press conferences on the week of a Grand Prix. I mean, you've been there, Smithy. I'm sure you've had resistance from from New Zealand you know, in terms of trying to grab a player post match. It's like pulling an arm and a leg. And I just think, like, that this is why I think that a lot of people are turning away from rugby is because. They're not engaged anymore, Smithy. Like, they don't know who these players are. Like, yeah, they, they watch Artie Savir do a silly stuff on social media, but who is Artie Savir, you know? Like, we don't know him like we like we knew, knew a Sean Fitzpatrick or a Richie McCaw, and I think rugby's got a big issue. And we saw how great the game can be, Smithy, in the Crusaders-Blues game, which was the best game of Super Rugby that I've seen for three or four years, when you had, in, barring injury, you know, the best 30 players on the on the park. It was a fantastic game of rugby, and that's what this competition can produce when, when all things are, are, um, are aligning. Yeah, yeah Smith, Interesting. Can I just come in there? Look, yeah. sorry, sorry again. Look, it, it, you know, rugby's reduced itself to just the 80 minutes in the middle of the park, and it's just not enough now. You've got to have those narratives. You've got to have, you know, you look at the English Premier League, you know, there'll be an article, the managers are bigger than the players. You'll have uh, media, uh, you know, ripping sides apart, praising the quality of football in the middle. You've got stories on the wags and all mm. of that sort of stuff. And some of it might be a bit tabloidy, but the reality is it has a high level of engagement. There's a reason why you want to turn up on a Saturday because of the sort of the, the build-up. And that's just what the game is lacking here completely. And New Zealand mm. rugby are so scared of being criticised. They've got to move away from that model. You know, it's the same thing in the media. There's only one thing worse than being talked about, and that's not being talked about. Interesting. Uh, very interesting sentiments. Um, uh, it's a direction uh, the panel. I, I, I didn't um, expect that we'd go on this morning, but I'm, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that we did, fellas. It's, uh, it's really cool. It's 10:30 here on SCNZ. Uh, please stick around if you can. Uh, Aro is coming in with our 10:30 update, and there's more to talk about. We might t- talk about a little bit of league, Brad. Uh, talk about a basketball mark and um, <clears throat> another couple of matters as well. Uh, that's part two of the panel shortly. Pleased to say we've got Mark Watson with us this morning and Brad Lewis. And Brad, in terms of league, the Warriors are seldom, seldom uh, out of the headlines for one reason or another. And the, the latest one uh, sees Cody Nikarima leaving the club like now, gone almost, uh, straight away to the Rabbitohs. Yeah, they're buying Australian, young Australian house for fun. And, um, you know, I, I guess that's, that's a, a good thing if they can mature them in the right way. But we look at Reese Walsh, he's kind of having second year blues this season. Uh, but Cody Nicarima's flattered to this even his time with the Warriors, which you could say about pretty much every player they've brought in the last couple of years, bar, bar Josh Curran. Uh, but look, I think. I think the bigger issue for me is Chanel Harris Tavita and why they aren't moving heaven and earth to keep that guy, because we could have another Isaiah Papali'i moment where we lose a young player who's about to sort of move into his prime. Isaiah Papali'i's been the best second row forward in the NRL for the last two years, and funnily enough, he left the Warriors. And um, you know, we, we talked about Chanel Harris Tavita last week and the heart that he showed playing, you know, an hour of that game with a with a with quite a sore testicle, as as we found out, and. He, he's got a 96% tackle average this year. Um, he, he's tough. I mean, yeah, he makes mistakes, but he's still he's a young head um, that that we need to, to mould, and that's exactly what Sean Johnson's there is to sort of build Chanel's confidence up and bring in more young hearts. Talented Jess Metcalf's a great young player. I just, I just think they're kind of looking in the wrong direction, and it's going to be a mistake. If Chanel Harris will be the leaves the club, um, I'll, 
you know, that, that'll be upsetting for me as a Warriors fan. Not too fussed about Cody Nicarina Smithy. I think he's um, he hasn't found his place in this club. He hasn't found his position, and you know, bar a couple of moments, he, he's really been quite poor. Actually, yeah, uh, phone's not going too good there, Brad. We did pick up most of that, but I'm not quite sure whether you've just gone into a tunnel or something, or maybe using it on the plane. I'm I'm not too sure, Brad. But um, we'll come back to you very shortly. I, I want to go uh, across to Mark because. Uh, uh, one of the interesting things that, Mark, I, I imagine because you're an all-rounder, you follow uh, pretty much everything going on. The NBA is an interesting thing, but even more interesting for me now is what is happening with around Stephen Adams. Uh, I, I know he's had COVID. He wasn't used really in the series, um, the previous series uh, against Minnesota, uh, and I just wonder if we'll see him again. Yeah, look, it's an interesting one. Sometimes you find or form or find the formula by default. Um, you know, in the first round of the playoffs, I understand, um, you know, that perhaps the style of opposition played a game that was very much um, benefited them um, and the type of player that Stephen Adams is, uh, being large but maybe not, uh, being very tall and physical but maybe not being that agile and that quick. And so that was part of the reason for benching him. But they seem to have, um, you know, tied it up now 1-1 with Golden State. Um, you know, they are playing well. It's like anything you don't want to sometimes open the door for another player to walk through because they will end up um, establishing themselves. And, um, yeah, look, I really do hope we see Stephen Adams um, in these playoffs because if you, if you get on YouTube and you get on and you Google him, there's a lot of positive comments like Ja Morant is a better player when Stephen Adams is on court. He gets the best out of their, you know, their star sort of point guard. And so you've got to be careful also that you don't move away too much from the formula actually got you there in the first place. I mean, how often do we see that when teams get through to finals or we see athletes go to the Olympic Games and they go as favourites and then sometimes at Olympic year they decide to mix it up and change it up and they end up falling over. So yeah, it's a fine balancing act. Um, but I, I think if if the matchups are the right matchups and it suits Stephen Adams' game, I think we will see him on court. Um, clearly, um, the coaching staff have a very, very good read. They're not afraid to make the tough decisions. Um, but yeah, he's been good for them all year. So fingers crossed. Brad, uh, just uh, getting back to uh, the NRL and uh, the, Tom, the Marty Martin story just continues to get better. I mean, here's a guy who was effectively out of any contact sport for the rest of his life, really, uh, with a, a bleed on the brain. And now all of a sudden he's come back and Kevin Walters is uh, giving him a multi-year extension by the sounds of things. What a cool story. Absolutely. Hopefully the phone lines are okay. I moved rooms in the office, so uh, it's, this one's better. Um, yeah, look, uh, a great story. And Samadhi Martin's done, done a great job in the three or four weeks he's been back in here. What a great story, Smithy. You mentioned it as well. Like, here's a guy who dealt with his own mental health issues um, off the back of what his career and he's a talented player who was touted to be, you know, the, the next big thing in the NRL when he sort of broke through uh, with the Panthers um, many, many months ago for a while as well, but uh, yeah, um, a, a feel-good story, um, obviously you've got to hope that he's been watched carefully, and I'm sure he is, because these are the sort of things you don't want to mess about with um, when it comes to longevity, uh, we've seen what's happened to a lot of NFL players that have dealt with concussion issues and issues with the brain, uh, but yeah, um, a great story, um, full power to him, and he's, he's playing good rugby league in Brisbane, playing good rugby league, league as well at the moment. 
Yeah, obviously uh, phone problems there uh, still with Brad, but the gist of it was it is a great story, um, to be fair. Um, you know, this is a guy that came back to play a bit of rugby, then back into the league uh, on the basis, you know, very casually. And as he found his confidence grew back, his, his conditioning was better, and he's gone straight back to the top. So, uh, Mark, you've been through uh, a lot of, uh, in, in your time, with the way that you followed sport, participated in sport, you have... Seen a lot of people come back from adversities. There's been some great stories, but um, in a physical game like rugby league, I think this is a beauty, this Tamari Martin thing. Yeah, oh, look, it is a great story. Great for him too, you know. You're 24 years of age, you've got this promising career ahead of you, and then suddenly uh, you sit there questioning whether you're actually going to have um, a future in the sport and how tough that must be mentally when suddenly everything that you've worked so hard for and perhaps you've taken for granted a little bit and there's this chance that it might not ever happen. And, um, yeah, and now suddenly here's this opportunity playing at fullback um, and, yeah, it looks like he will sign a multi-year deal. Look, I, 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 it always just concerns me when I hear a player just having had a brain bleed. I just hope that, you know, he's got 100% the right medical advice. I hope that, you know, family and friends and all due diligence has been done here. Uh, just making sure that, you know, before he does take that next step that you know there are people just make sure that he's you know sometimes you've got to have people protect you from yourself um and you'd like to think these days with the amount of uh, medical knowledge and the infrastructure that they have in and around professional sport that yeah he has been given the sign off and um yeah uh, look it's um yeah I, I mean you know you're a long time retired uh, you see more and more players these days once they get out of the game having mental health issues just not being able to sort of um, have time to, well, well, maybe underestimating life without football. Um, a lot of athletes have time to plan for those things because they think, hey, I do have longevity. But then, you know, 24 years of age, you know, he probably wasn't planning for it. So it's great that, yeah, it's great that he does have that second chance. And, yeah, really looking forward to watching his progress. And there's a part of me that really want to see the Broncos do well with him in the side. Another great game this morning, Mark, in the Champions League. And, of course, that's the end of Manchester City. <laughs> Yeah, eliminated. I can hear the chortle in your voice. Um, eliminated on on goal aggregate after extra time. So yeah, six five not a, not good enough for them. Hey, but I'm just going to give you the chance to bask here. I mean, you've still got four titles up for grabs, you guys. Um, yeah, Klopp has been uh, going to extend uh, by the sounds of things. It, it just cannot get any better for you dudes at the moment. Oh, look, it, it, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? It took five years for Jurgen Klopp to really start to make his mark on this team, but his ability to be able to just take good players and make them world-class. You look at Louis Diaz, um, who came on on that second half, coming out of Porto. What, what a remarkable uh, story that is. You look at Diego Jota, you just run through that team. Good players, he makes world-class players. Liverpool can win four. They could also end up finishing the season with one. Uh, tough weekend coming up. Spurs this weekend who are desperate to get into the top four with a really good race going against Arsenal. Then they've got Aston Villa, coached by Steven Gerrard on the Tuesday FA Cup final the following week. Um, and then the final two games of the regular season. Manchester City, they were heartbroken. That's a game they should have won. They should have tied that up. So the only thing that can salvage their season now is winning the English Premier League. Um, I'm hoping on the final day of the English Premier League, Manchester City have to play Aston Villa, coached by Liverpool legend Steven Gerrard. Gerrard parks 11 players in front of goal. <laughs> draw comes, Liverpool win the title. That is the dream, Smithy. That is the dream. Who's your team, by the way? I'm Tottenham. I'm Tottenham. Um, so uh, we're in the we're race fair. for fourth, yep. as you say. It's, it's the most frustrating yep. club in the 
bloody world to follow because they can beat someone 5-0 one day towards the top of the table and lose to the bottom side at home uh, 1 or 2-0 and they do it so damned often it's, uh, it's mind-blowingly crazy but however that's Spurs and I'm yeah, in for, I'm in for life. Yeah, you had the chance of getting up Louis Diaz too, who I think will end up being the best mm. player in the world. And they said, no, no, we'll sign him at the end of the season. Liverpool came and said, we'll sign him now in the rest of this history. And I wonder how much Spurs will regret that moment. Yep, I wonder too, Mark. Uh, great chatting with you this morning uh, on a number of issues. And uh, go the Reds, eh? Go Liverpool. So um, oh. look forward to uh, having you. Uh, I mean, every time they win, every time they win, we simply must get you on, uh, on the panel at least, uh, just so you can glow. Just so you can glow. Uh, we'll look forward point, to that. some point this morning, you need to sing You'll Never Walk Alone, Smithy. Get the whole studio oh. singing it. Encourage everybody out there sure. listening just to sing You'll Never Walk Alone, mate. <laughs> I, can just, I can just hear it uh, in the background there. It's, it's just it's trying, to, trying to make its way up. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I will, I actually, I don't know if, what Spurs song. Has Spurs got a song? Oh, I don't think anything you could probably sing on public, mate. <laughs> it's normally targeted at Arsenal, <laughs> isn't it? It's normally targeted at all yeah, Arsenal Yeah, probably. Fans. It's just hate <laughs> yeah. yeah, it probably is. It's probably against the law to play it publicly, you're right. Hey, Mark Watson, thanks very much for your time this morning. Great chatting. No uh, and to Brad Lewis as well. Uh, trouble with the phone, but in the end we got there. Thank you, fellas. We'll have another panel uh, tomorrow morning at the same time. Polaris has shiploads of vehicles arriving every month. Visit your local Polaris dealer today. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. It is 10.48, an opportunity to read out some text uh, this morning from Mark. Until the Landers bring a game, even a pre-season to Southland, I won't travel to Dunners for a game. People down south feel left out from this franchise at the moment. Until last year, they barely had any maroon on the jersey. Uh, that he uh, <coughs> and I also think they need to invest on a proper gaming program of rugby like they do for FIFA uh, and all of those other sports to get the young ones um, involved in that. That's not a bad idea, uh, Brenton. Uh, Brett says 180 bucks a ticket. Who can afford to take a family to a test? Uh, price certainly a factor. Hey, Smithy, Joe deserves the voucher. Well, the good news is, Paul, on your rec- recommendation. We've given the voucher to Joe this morning. So, Joe, congratulations. Joe from Gizzy, uh, you have won the Chemist Warehouse voucher for 50 bucks. Another one uh, up for grabs, of course, tomorrow, uh, just after 9.30 with the subject of choice. And we probably will carry on with this uh, fan engagement and why you're not bothering to go to Super Rugby games. Um, the Chiefs versus Brumbies game says Paul is a missed opportunity being a night game. Uh, well, if they had it afternoon, it would clash, I think, with Moana Pacifica. Um, and their game that they've got this weekend, uh, I think the Waratahs. Uh, imagine the crowd of uh, Sunday Arvo game enabling punters from Auckland and Bay are plenty to attend and not clashing with club rugby. Um, and you agree with my comment uh, on Monday, which has mean when you're watching league, you're watching the game. With Union, you're watching the ref. Well, you see, you are actually uh, watching the game because the referee stays out of shot in rugby league. He's out. He's not in the picture. In all games of rugby, the referee is front and centre the whole time. You can't miss him. You cannot miss him. Uh, Morning, Smithy. Not much uh, sentiments for going to the rugby ground, and I'm not surprised. I certainly wouldn't either. Uh, Many reasons to stay in the man cave and watch it live on the sky with the top package. Quite concerning, and New Zealand rugby needs to address the negative aspects of our games these days. Jared, not wrong there. Uh, Zaid says I'm going to be... um, Going to be going to the Blues-Rebels game tomorrow at uh, Eden Park. Good on you, 
Uh, Zaid, I understand you're in the studio with Steph this afternoon as well. Look forward to hearing you there. Uh, Jamie, hi, Smithy. Main reasons are the refs think everyone is there to see them. They take so long to make a decision. Just make a call and move the game on. Price is also off-putting. Make it cheaper and fill the seats. Also, our catering is appalling compared to Aussie stadiums. I hear that. Uh, Jamie, thank you very much. Uh, Richie says, I, I still use the sports ears at the film can, formerly known as the cake tin. Um, so there you go, Richie. So he's found a way to uh, stay in touch with commentary. Um, Mikey says, <coughs> Hi, Ian. Crusaders fan Sky Sports now is cheap for months' worth of sport and the coverage is great. Christchurch Stadium is rubbish. Beer is rubbish. Music happening while the ball is in play. Toilets are terrible. Don't even start me on the food. Compared to an overseas experience, which is amazing as a punter, here it's almost like being treated if you're an inmate. A depressing experience. Uh, sorry, uh, would have called, but working. Mikey, feel free to call tomorrow if you want to. Uh, and just finally, uh, some of these texts are amazing. Uh, in fact, we'll, go, we'll take a break. We've got uh, so many to get through, we'll uh, make another window for them after 11 o'clock. It's 10.51 here on SCNZ. Every month, visit your local Polaris dealer today. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. The loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz. Racing's biggest fan. And uh, one of racing's biggest fans with us uh, again this morning, Louis Herman Watt, on a, a, a really uh, historic day for the Rickerton Racing Club, mate. Yeah, bingo, Smithy. Uh, Tim Mills and the Rickerton Jockeying Club have done a fantastic job getting this synthetic in. Tim told us this morning they really have only ended up um, a couple of months or so behind as well. So, you know, amongst a really difficult time for innovation and racing, they have done a super job here and they've trialled up plenty of horses on it. A lot of those horses that have trialled up will be racing today. The form for punters, well, we have seen how the Cambridge synthetic has worked previously and some horses like it, some horses can just not really enjoy getting their toe into that very particular uh, material, so you'd just be wary today. But Tim did, and he, he did, and he does know because he owns this horse. He's tipped us. She's recommended in race number five. Number five, she's recommended for uh, Ross Beckett. So you just have to watch that with interest because three thirty into two dollars seventy. So the market's moving as well, Smithy. And um, tomorrow we will talk all things Queensland Racing Carnival because this weekend sort of state. Uh, Soprano, Supreme, just to name a couple. Pikey's got a couple over there, Slipper uh, Island as well. So the Kiwi invasion to Queensland, it really kicks off this weekend over at the Gold Coast. Thanks, Louis. Thanks very much. Let's uh, join Pip Morris from the TAB with uh, Greyhound Racing coming out of Cambridge and Addington. And Pip, I compliment you on your job commentating yesterday. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Smithy. I'm really enjoying the commentating and getting my foot in there, doing that every Wednesday. And you have lots to look forward to, especially Addington. There's uh, the Oaks heats, the Group 1 Oaks and the St. Ledger, three of each of those. Guaranteed $5,000 first fours across all of the races there out of Addington as well. Of course, the inaugural meeting at Rickerton, so we've got a $25,000 guaranteed late quaddy from there. And the Warnerville Carnival continues with bonus back races on races one and two. And there's also a power play from your chase as well as the Warnable Cup if you want to check those out. So there's a lot to look forward to on the racing side of things. And currently, it has been the favourites that have been the best back there at the Bull in the first two races. 
and especially in race number two, Caesar's been the best back there by quite a bit. Then pocket change, Zarel and Sachem. So do check those odds out on tab.co.nz. Pip Morris, thank you very much for your time this morning. Yeah, a terrific commentator too uh, on the dogs on Wednesdays uh, out of Palmerston North. Wonderful to listen to yesterday. It is uh, coming up to 11 o'clock here on SENZ. Uh, we'll have Ricardo Ball after the break, but right now it's Araha with an update. Your local Polaris dealer today. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. It is 11.03 here on SENZ and uh, we're going to talk some football now because over the last two days there have been two epic, epic semi-finals in the Champions League. Uh, second leg uh, matchups: uh, Liverpool just getting home yesterday and this morning um, and, and Liverpool actually getting home after they were down and out. Uh, second half performance was quite amazing. Uh, this morning also is a, a really good performance to come from behind from uh, Real Madrid who overhauled a goal deficit to win in the end 6-5 on aggregate in extra time. Absolutely brilliant. So it will be Liverpool-Real Madrid, this Champions League final for 2022. To talk uh, about those matchups uh, and to talk about uh, other football as well is our regular football correspondent, uh, and he's one of us anyway, SENZ's very own Ricardo Ball. Good morning to you, my, my old mate. Uh, well, last two days... Outstanding, haven't they? They have been absolutely superb, Smithy. I mean, I think I said to you last week that, you know, the Villarreal um, Liverpool game was done. You know, there was no point in a second leg almost because the way Villarreal had knocked out Bayern and Juve, as they sit behind the ball, hit teams on the counter, and I'm like, they're 2-0 down. I can't see them, you know, being able to play more expansively and keep Liverpool out. But for that first half yesterday... They were absolutely superb. They out-Liverpooled Liverpool, basically, in the way they played, and they were 2-0 up at half-time, and um, it was a superb performance. I saw, I saw Jurgen Klopp was interviewed post-match, and uh, he said that you know he had gone to his video guy and said to him, look, we need to find something in the analysis that's positive of what we've done in the first half, so I can take that to the team, we can build off that, because we want to be positive here. And the, he said the video guy had nothing. We were poor, so poor. We were so bad. We did everything wrong in the first half. Um, so Liverpool were really had their backs against the wall. And I think in a way, Villarreal uh, shot themselves in the foot in that second half because rather than continuing to do what they had been doing so well in the first half, they'd gotten back to parity. And then they went back to game plan A. And it didn't work. Um, and the keeper had a nightmare as well, to be fair, Smithy. I don't know if you saw the goals, but the uh, the first and the third goal for Liverpool yesterday were, were both at the fold, fold of the keeper, really. And, um, you know, he'll be inconsolable, you'd imagine. But, yeah, a, an amazing game, a literal game of two halves. Yeah, amazing, all right. And Manchester City's fans' uh, hearts broken this morning. Um, wow, uh, extra time for them. Um, and uh, now this matchup with uh, Real Madrid Liverpool. How, how do you see that? Well, it, it's it's an interesting one for me in that Carlo Ancelotti is just he's been there, done that. He's done it so many times that, uh, and I think uh, the way that the, the players that Real Madrid have got and the way that they go about things, they've just got so much know-how. They've been there before. They've done it before. I mean, this, if they win this time, it'll be their fourteenth European Cup. Um, and Ancelotti just, I mean, just recently he won La Liga with Real Madrid. He's now the only manager to have won all five league titles in the top five nations in, in Europe. 
um, club title. So he uh, he's on a real roll. Uh, he's bossing it. And, you know, Kareem Benzema, what a striker. They've got some great young talent in Rodrigo, who we saw come off the bench today, um, and Vinicius Jr. as well. And then you've just got so much know-how and guile in the, in the midfield. You've got the Casemiro's, the Cruz, and the, and the Modric midfield three, which are just so wily and so experienced. So while Liverpool, I think, will probably treat this a little bit as... Um, Maybe not a revenge tale, but you know we unfinished business because uh, they lost the Champions League final to Real Madrid a few years ago. Um, I know Mo Salah's already tweeted about it that he has unfinished business. I wonder whether or not that might be something that actually fogs their their minds a little bit going into this game. And I just think with the know-how Real Madrid have got, I, I can see Real Madrid winning winning the whole thing. Okay, so let's look at what Klopp's got ahead of him here: the possibility to win four titles. It's it's unprecedented. Really, when you, you you look at the standard of football that they're playing in, where does he place his priorities here, or can he can he just go for gold uh, in all of them with his top players, his top combination as such, or does he have to pace his way through this? For instance, Liverpool Tottenham this Sunday morning. Well, that's a, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a balancing act. It really is. Um, I mean, the thing that Liverpool have been guilty of. In the past, I think, uh, well, maybe a guilty is not the right word, but uh, the thing that they didn't have was depth. They, they really, you know, if you took two or three players out of their starting 11, they didn't have enough off the bench to, to reinforce that, particularly the front three. But they've gone and changed that now, you know. I mean, you've got a midfield where if Jordan Henderson's not playing, Navi Cater can play. Um, you know, you've got James Milner who can come in and play for Fabinho if you need him. Um, you've got a front three that you've got coverage everywhere for, you know. So, you, I mean, I know Salah and Mane are the main guys, but, um, you know, we saw yesterday the uh, the players that they the, that they have brought in being able to go there, you know, the Diego Jotters and the Luis Diaz has come in and, and, and add something. So Liverpool have got depth, but the thing is, as you rightly mentioned, Smithy, they've also got a lot of games coming up because mm-hmm. they play Tottenham this weekend and then they have to go to Aston Villa three days later and then they have the FA Cup final against Chelsea and then three days later they're at Southampton in the league and then five days after that it's the end of the league with Wolves. So there's no breathing room. Um, and as you said, they can't drop points. Uh, in the league, because mm. if they want to win the league title, they're a point behind Manchester City. Manchester City have superior goal difference, so they have to keep winning. They have to try and win out, and I think something's going to have to give. I don't, I don't see them getting all four trophies. In fact, I could see a scenario where they just finish with the League Cup. You know, I mean, Chelsea um, have all their focus on the FA Cup final. Uh, they will play a second team against Leeds because they've already made the Champions League next season so that they can rest their top side for that Cup final. And you've got to think, um, you know, that City are in the box seat for the Premier League as well. Um, and as I've already said, I, I think Real Madrid are probably favourites for the final. So he, he can't afford to take... He, he kind of needs to play his best team as, as often as he can. Uh, that said, he does have options, but... Yeah, it really isn't easy. It really isn't easy. And we've seen it before. It's happened to Pep Guardiola before where he second-guessed himself to the point that he's kind of, he's out-coached himself in a way. Uh, and that'll be something that Klopp will have to be mindful of. Talking to uh, Ricardo Ball, of course, a uh, very familiar voice to uh, all of you who listen to SENZ. Uh, looking at uh, EPL matchups uh, this weekend, crucial ones. Uh, Liverpool Spurs have done that. Okay. Uh, Manchester City, Newcastle, that's an interesting one at the top of the table. But at the bottom, an intriguing one between Leicester City 
and Everton uh, of all teams. Yeah, and this, uh, I mean, I, I did not see Everton getting that win against Chelsea, uh, and that really has breathed life into their um, survival chances, I think. And, and now if you look at the teams um, that are fighting for survival, really, I mean, I think Norwich are definitely already down. Uh, Watford are all but down. Roy Hodgson's already walked away. Um, and, and and so it's one place between Everton, Burnley, and uh, Leeds, really, and uh, if you look at Everton's running, you look at Leeds running, and then you look at Burnley's running. I can't help but thinking uh, that momentum plays such a big part. You know, I mean, Burnley have won, I think, four of their last five, and they drew the other since uh, they sacked uh, their coach, um, and and they're going really well. And I mean, they don't have the worst running. They they really don't. They've got to play Aston Villa home and away. They play uh, Newcastle on the last day as well. Uh, they have got very winnable matches on the run-in, I think. Um, whereas Leeds, you look at Leeds, where they've got to go, they've got to go, uh, they've got to play Arsenal this weekend in London. Uh, then they've got Chelsea, they've got Brentford, and they've got Brighton as well. So those last two, maybe they'll get something from, but both those teams are still playing pretty good football. Um, and then Everton, well, you know, Everton haven't got maybe the easiest. Uh, run in either. They they do have a uh, few difficult fixtures, but the thing that they do have now is a bit of momentum in that they mm. have managed to, to get that result against uh, Chelsea. You know, I mean, they play that. Uh, they, they, they won that. They play Watford as well. They've got, got us play Watford, and you think that's a must-win for them. It is away. Um, they're at Watford, and their away form hasn't been great, but they have to beat Watford. And, uh, you know, if they can do that, I think they've put enough enough uh, between them and Leeds. They do finish at Arsenal on the last day and you'd hate to be going to Arsenal and, and looking for something on the last day but in between they play, they play Palace and Brentford as well so uh, I mean the way I'm looking at it at the moment I think I think Leeds are probably my favourite to go down given their runners. Wow okay so they <coughs> haven't been there long um, and that's uh, actually that is an interest so quite often we, we also fo- always focus don't we Ricardo on the Premier League and who's going to win it and who's going to be Demoted, but let's have a look from the uh, championship point of view. Who's going? Who's going up now? Fulham and Bournemouth are going up, uh, but it looks to me it's either Nottingham Forest or Huddersfield Town. Now it would be like Brian Clough days since Nottingham Forest uh, had a, a decent side in Premier League material, and we all know the significance, don't we, financially of making the jump? We do. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think um, Forest have got to be uh, for me have got to be favourites. Uh, the way that they have played. Um, they have, they, they, I mean, the start of the season they were they were awful, uh, and they sacked Chris uh, Chris Hutton, the coach, um, and they brought in uh, the guy who'd done such a good job with the England uh, England under twenties and under twenty ones. Uh, he'd done a bit of time as well at um, uh, at Swansea as well when uh, and, and and he'd got them into into playoff situations too. I think he's. He's been key uh, to the way he's turned their form around. I mean, they're very close to going up automatically after a, a horrid start. You know, in the first game uh, that they've got, you know, these, these playoffs are home and away. And they've got to play Luton, um, probably, I would say. Luton, uh, I mean, there's one game to go, but Luton are two points clear of Middlesbrough um, in that last promotion place. And Luton, I think, are beatable. I think, you know, Luton, it's almost their final getting top six. So I would say Forrest get past them. And then, you know, they play the winner of what's going to be a a, a big um, 
a Yorkshire derby between Huddersfield Town and Sheffield United, two teams who have recently been in the Premier League as well. But I just think the way Forest are playing at the moment, they're, they're probably the best team in the in the Championship. Uh, they've got some very good players there, and I, I think they will get up. That's uh, that, that's the way I'm leaning. But I mean, you know, we still have one round to go, and things could change if they don't win their last game. Huddersfield could finish third and have the easier draw. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see. But yeah, I, I really like the look of, uh, of of Nottingham Forest. Ricardo, huge game tonight for the Phoenix. Uh, Thursday night football is not that common, but. If ever they have to win a game in terms of the playoffs, uh, it is tonight against the Western Sydney Wanderers, and they go in as underdogs. Yeah, it's, it's funny for me that they go in as underdogs, um, because, I mean, this is a team they've just beaten 1-0, and they beat them earlier in the season as well. Um, and it's a team that has nothing to play for. They can't make the playoffs. So uh, I'm not entirely sure why uh, they are underdogs. I think they've shown enough that um, we can uh, that, that we'll see them get what they need out of this game. I mean, the thing for them is their last game is against Melbourne City um, next week uh, on the week. I think it's Monday. Uh, Melbourne City played a, a catch-up game last night where they lost two 0 to Perth. I mean, Melbourne are home and hosed at the top there. You'd think so. Um, the first and second team get a week off in the playoffs, and then third place sixth, and fourth place fifth, and. Uh, it looks like you know they, they maybe got one eye on on resting everyone up and getting everybody fit for that. Maybe trying a couple of things as well in the last couple of games. But yeah, I don't I don't see why the Phoenix aren't favourites for this game, or, or at least it should be, you know evens. But um, I mean we saw that game at Eden Park not long ago against Western Sydney. You know you know I know Western Sydney had opportunities, particularly in the second half they changed their approach, but. In the first half, the Phoenix dealt with them very comfortably. In the Phoenix, you could, you could argue, probably could have had two or three more goals. Um, and Western Sydney Wanderers were lucky not to have uh, Keanu Backer sent off. So, yeah, I think, you know, the fact that Gary Hooper is back as well, um, you know, he's their best goal scorer. Uh, he's back fit, and I, I think that's that's really good news. Um, David Ball probably won't be too far away. I know he's had that uh, toe injury he's played with, but he's, he's all taken an, an ankle knock. He missed the weekend, but I... Imagine he will suit up for this game because this is the game. They, they, they get a win here and they're guaranteed uh, finals footy. I mean, on the flip side, Sydney FC can make it, but they have to win out and they've got to go to Melbourne and, and beat the victory and I can't see them doing that. So I think it's really in the Phoenix's hands and I expect them to win tonight. Good stuff, uh, Ricardo Ball. There, just finally, mate, uh, seven million quid for Maradona's Hand of God shirt uh, just recently fetched mm. at auction. That's a lot of money, uh, seven million quid. I suppose um, Maradona had uh, various bills, which were around about seven million bucks before he passed away. But um, <laughs> you surprised? You surprised at that? No, not really. Uh, I, I, I'm just happy for Steve Hodge. You know, he's not exactly a household name, but at the end of that game, that the hand of God happened at, you know, he went over and swapped shirts with Maradona. Um, and he's obviously just banked it, you know. He's just had it sitting there thinking, all right, there's my retirement. Uh, I'm sorted. So, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it might actually go for a little bit more than it, than it did. And I know there's been um, the Argentinian FA got hold of Hodge recently and said, can you please take it off auction? We will just pay you for it. We want it. Um, and he was like, no, you can turn up at the auction if you want it. So I'm not entirely sure who ended up winning it, but they expected it to go for $5 million. So the fact it went for seven. Uh, says that there were there were a lot of uh, very keen bidders on that shirt, and you know the funny thing, Smithy, is that World Cup in Mexico when Argentina got there, uh, because it was so hot, they had those old school jerseys that were quite heavy cotton, almost like a, a rugby mm. jersey, and so they uh, the the manager sent the kit man out to find. 
some lightweight nylon jerseys for them to find. And he had to go um, literally to sports shops in Mexico and see if he could find 20 shirts that looked the same. And uh, so those weren't actually provided like we would see now by a Nike or an Adidas or someone. He actually went out and did that. And then he had to go and find somebody who would embroider the Argentinian logo on the shirts. And then he had to find numbers for them. And the only numbers he could find were uh, for American football shirts, which is why they had that, that style of number on the back. It wasn't, it wasn't um, deemed what need to be. So really, it's a patchwork shirt. It's not even really technically an official Argentinian shirt. It's just what they happen to play in at that World Cup. It's a staggering story. I had no idea about that. Uh, Ricardo, you are an absolute wealth of knowledge when it comes to football, I've got to say. Hey, we can't leave the, the, the ladies out either. Uh, just briefly, the football ferns have... Uh, this morning announced a European tour for June. That's good news. Yeah, it's great news. Yeah, a couple of really good games against top opposition too. Uh, they play Norway and Oslo on the 25th, or oh, 26th New Zealand time. Uh, they're one place ahead of the Aussies in the, in the, in the world rankings and, and they're going really well in World Cup qualifying. So uh, that'll be a great test for them and uh, be a great watch for New Zealand fans. If you want to uh, watch them, uh, Ada Hegerberg is pretty much the best female player in the world at the moment, um, and she won the uh, Ballon d'Or a couple of years ago as well. Uh, she's back playing for them after a fallout with the coach, so she'll be part of that. And then they, they play the Welsh, who uh, are ranked below us. I think we're 22nd at the moment, Wales are about 31st, but Wales are on the up and up. They've got a couple of players, uh, the captain plays for Chelsea, uh, they've got a couple of uh, pretty good players playing around the place as well, and they're doing very well in their World Cup qualifying. So there'll be a couple of really challenging matches for the football firms, and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing them play. Ricardo Ball, thank you as always uh, for all that news uh, and information regarding football around the world. Catch up with you next uh, next week, mate. Uh, all the best with uh, yeah. the football you're watching this weekend. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Go well. Thank you. Yeah, Ricardo Borlea um, is our man when it comes to football. Uh, we have uh, got uh, some uh, text to read out uh, before we get through to 11.30 and you know exactly what happens then and I think there's quite a juicy prize up for grabs. Uh, we'll tell you more about that uh, when we come closer to Stump Smithy. Your local Polaris dealer today. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. More texts uh, have come in this morning on the uh, fan engagement side of things and why people aren't going to uh, super games and uh, generally speaking it's just not a good enough experience to warrant the effort or the expense. I I think it's fair to say. Uh, A great uh, text here. Fans aren't going to super rugby due to the same reasons we've had for the last 20 years, Smithy. Overpriced food and drink and the lack of any decent entertainment or engagement with fans at the grounds. A can of 440 mil. Uh, of Waikato is nine bucks, mate. Nine dollars for a can of Waikato. Goodness me. Um, lucky I can't drink at grounds. Even for a premium beer like that, it's completely overpriced. There is little atmosphere because rugby administrators don't really know how to present an event. And that's what it needs to be, an event. If a New Zealand crowd clapped like a Raiders game, people would be escorted out for unruly behaviour. A New Zealand pre-match show is throwing stress balls into the crowd and playing loud music, and they expect us to get G'd up. They need to start thinking outside the square. Resting players is killing the game. They're pulling kids out of school directly into Super Rugby franchises before they've even stepped foot into a club. We don't know who these players are, mate, and New Zealand Rugby expects us to care about these franchises. 
we missed an opportunity with COVID to really change the structure and focus on our development. Rant over, ha ha. Not really a rant. Uh, it's a really good, um, a really good opinion actually. Uh, the, the text is unnamed, um, but I'd love to hear from uh, you again because uh, that is uh, pretty much summed up the whole deal, isn't it? It's just not what people want to see. Now, Simon uh, is an avid listener of ours, and he works in the industry of television. I can tell you that. Uh, fan engagement, uh, he says, is a topic that's been around for years now. It's not, not proving to be the key variable in keeping the viewing numbers up. Entertainment competition is always understated, in my humble opinion. Or in the broadcaster world, we need to be more on TV, uh, more, and, and the, the sport will take off. Well, it's not enough to move the needle anymore, that, that line. It, it, if the product isn't that attractive, too many other options and too easy to switch to them. Uh, and he finally says, um, it is a passion of his, but it's akin, he says, to the same thing, thinking that believes we just need the All Blacks to play some games in the United States and the sport will take off there. So uh, there's some uh, really interesting thoughts. I thank you this morning for uh, both ringing and sending the texts into uh, 8833. If you, you want to stew on it uh, overnight, uh, we'll open up the lines again tomorrow morning just after 930 uh, and that, of course, will give the opportunity to win a chemist warehouse voucher as well for 50 bucks going into the weekend, uh, Mother's Day. Uh, and also you've got the text, uh, text number for us as well, which is uh, very easy to remember, double eight, double three. See, Lee Westwood is uh, looking like he's heading to the Rebel League or the Rebel Golf Tour, LIV, the Saudi Tour, where Mickelson's gone and Greg Norman is the front man. Uh, he said, uh, I don't understand the problem here. Uh, we've played, um, he said... Uh, we've played the European Tour in Saudi Arabia and I've had releases from the PGA Tour to say I can play in Saudi Arabia. So it has not been a problem to them in previous years. Formula One race there, Newcastle. United are owned partly by people from Saudi Arabia. There has been boxing there and I, I, think, I think there has been snooker and darts there as well. Golf's not the first sport to have links with Saudi Arabia, but it seems to be coming under more scrutiny than anyone else. Uh, perhaps uh, whether you think that's right or, or not, it is the individual's opinion. Uh, Greg Norman saying this week, yeah, you get conflicting opinions about this whole thing. Greg Norman saying 200 players have requested to play in the 48-player field in London. That's the first tournament in June, so next month. For, uh, he's saying 40, uh, 48 spots available uh, for over 200 players. Uh, that is interesting. Uh, the interesting thing about uh, Westwood, uh, he reached number one in the world uh, rankings in October 2010 has 44 career professional wins, including two on the PGA and 25 on the European Tour. He's never, he has never, Lee Westwood, won a major. Never won a major. Many say the best player uh, around world golf to never win a major. Well, if he goes to the LIV, he never will. He never will get that opportunity by the sounds of things. Uh, it is 11.30 here on SENZ. Please uh, light up the lines. 0800 150 811 again. Time to stump Smithy this morning. Yep, 150 bucks worth of TAB vouchers and, of course, the sleep drops as well if you get the third question right. Uh, 0800-150-811. It's really, really worthwhile winning this morning, folks. Uh, and it's also <coughs> time for the news with Araha. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. 
Yes, it is time for Stumped on SCNZ Mornings with Ian Smith. And Smithy, it is a big, big, big prize this morning. Now for grabs, $150 TAB bonus bet thanks to a couple of stumpings from it. Yours truly, plus some sleep drops, daytime revive, try New Zealand sleep drops for all ages, lifestyle stages, and sleeping challenges. Always read the label and take as directed. Check out sleepdrops.co.nz. Smithy, before we bring in our next guest, I think there's a chance we go to 200 for Friday. Absolutely, absolutely, there's a huge chance uh, that uh, we could, uh, you know, really jackpot it through to um, 200 bucks. Imagine 200 bucks, I wouldn't mind winning it myself. Any chance actually uh, I could do that if I'd, if I'd offended it today and tomorrow? Could I have it? We might have to read the uh, the T's and C's on that one there, Smithy. Uh, But joining us at the crease, uh, first up from my hometown in Tauranga, Craig. Come in, mate. G'day. How you doing? Good, mate. You all ready to go? You all limbered up? (laughs) As ready as I'll be. All right. Uh, So your topics for today, because we did so great. Uh, yesterday, well, Smithy did so great. We're keeping the, the topics the same, obviously different questions. Uh, Got to keep the good thing going, though. Cricket, netball, or basketball? Take your pick. Let's go netball. All righty. Bit of netball action. Of course, you can always check out Center Pass and Focus uh, with my good friends Storm Purvis and Ricardo Ball every week on SCNZ. All right, netball questions for you, Craig. First one, who is the current top goal scorer in the ANZ Premiership this season? Um, I want to say her name's Grace Nowicki, maybe. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field Grace very good guess but no uh, she is second though uh, Smithy over to you Bailey Miss one of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field no number one currently in goal shooting goal scoring is Alia Dunn from the Central Pulse shooting 94% she has 357 goals to her name Grace Nowicki has 354 so it's a very close race between those two but hey Craig you're still alive mate question number two the Northern Mystics are the defending champions of the ANZ Premiership who won the inaugural season back in 2017 Central Pulse one of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field Smithy, over to you, mate. Um, look, I can only the only other team that I think uh, have won it. There's two actually. There's the Southern Steel. I'm, gonna, I'm torn between the Southern Steel and the Waikato Bay of Plenty Magic. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for the Magic. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. It was the other one. It was the Southern Steel. They won the inaugural uh, championship there. <laughs> Uh, hey, Craig, still alive, mate, still alive. $150 up for grabs and the sleep drops. Final question for you. How many National League games did defender Storm Purvis play before retiring at the end of the 2020 ANZ Premiership season? Oh, I heard it say she was on 99 games, So, um, but I don't know whether that's everything, but I'll go with 99. That's a couple of chips down the wicket. Oh. Right in the slot. And the way it goes. 
Yeah, there you go, oh. Matt. That's rewarding people for listening to the show, Smithy. We've brought this has been an ongoing gag with uh, Storm Purvis in 99 games is how many shoes played. Unbelievable. Oh, I wouldn't have got that. I wouldn't have got it. So, uh, my bad on that, but I'd never had the chance. Uh, Craig, congratulations for you. Yeah, oh, well, okay. All things come to those who wait, mate. 150 bucks. 150 bucks, and of course you get the sleep drops as well, which are uh, quite handy in a place like Tauranga, I would imagine. So, uh, hey, congratulations. Stay on the line. Brian will get all your details, and we'll arrange uh, you getting those prizes as soon as we possibly can. Well done, mate. Thanks a lot. Cheers. And to to Ed from Tolaga Bay, thanks very much for calling in, mate. You're only one mistake away from getting a crack. Um, Tolaga Bay actually drove through there not uh, too long ago, Ed, so... Uh, please stay uh, as a friend of the show and uh, call back again tomorrow at the same time and uh, have another opportunity when it'll be back to 50 bucks and the sleep drops will still be available. 11.37 here on SENZ. Arriving every month. Visit your local Polaris dealer today. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. It's the Great Greyhound Racing New Zealand Charity Run. It is uh, the great charity run, and uh, this is uh, courtesy of Greyhound Racing New Zealand and the TAB, of course. Uh, uh, Every week we have a choice of one greyhound as well as uh, the one we'd had with the Pacers, uh, and our funds go towards Women's Refuge, so we have that in common. Both of our uh, desired um, charities uh, or good causes are, of course, uh, the Women's Refuge. Uh, So far we've raised $1,010 on the greyhound side of things. Tomorrow... Uh, racing at Addington, uh, our dog is race six number one, Dilla. Uh, Dilla, race six number one. Um, it is uh, time to go at one forty-two tomorrow afternoon. It is from the John McInerney Barn, uh, of course, uh, one of the greats of greyhound uh, racing training. Of course, the industry uh, wouldn't have been the same without the efforts of John McInerney over the years. The amount of dogs he's trained. Uh, he's actually got three in the race. He's also got money bags and uh, princely cash, but I think it's fair to say that Dilla, which uh, form line of 412, its last three starts, is probably the most favoured of the three. No market for it as yet, so we don't quite know uh, what it was going to pay. Interesting, uh, of course, we talked uh, with Ricardo about that jersey going for all that money, uh, that uh, playing jersey of uh, Maradona. Uh, of course, we have £7 million, pounds, um, and it uh, broke the previous record. Uh, for a sports memorabilia set by the original autograph manuscript of the Olympic Manifesto from 1892, uh, which went uh, for uh, a similar prize back in 2019. So there you go. Very interesting. Uh, that, of course, Maradona, regarded as one of the world's best ever footballers, uh, remember died at the age of 60, yeah, just 60, November 2020. And one of the reasons why, of course, is that um, he had a pretty hectic life uh, during football and after it as well. And uh, the old ticker, I think, gave in on him, gave up on him uh, in the end. A couple of uh, texts coming in supporting uh, Super Rugby. Uh, Ken says, Mel Smithy, uh, this, regarding the Super Rugby, I just uh, go to all of, just about all of the Blues games without fail. Watch all others on Sky. No complaints from me about food or drinks either. I just enjoy it. That's Ken, avid Blues supporter. 
Uh, Chris has said, my daughter is in her first year of uni at Otago. Now she loves going to the rugby. Uh, they go, cater for them brilliantly there in a special area. She doesn't miss a game. Uh, Chris, uh, that area, of course, is known as the zoo, and they do have uh, a hell of a lot of fun in the zoo. There's no doubt about that. They'll have a lot of fun. NFL fans uh, will have a lot of fun uh, as well because uh, they're taking it on the road to uh, the UK and, to, of course, uh, also to uh, Germany. Uh, so uh, it's been decided uh, that uh, seven-time uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback Tom Brady and his Buccaneers, remember Brady wasn't going to play, now he is, well his first game will be against the Seattle Seahawks and that'll be played in Germany uh, and that uh, will be at the uh, Alliance Arena, the Alliance Arena on November the 13th. League has also scheduled back-to-back games at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London with the Saints and the Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings on October the 2nd, followed by the Green Bay Packers against the New York Giants the following Sunday. And uh, the last of them will be on October the 30th, when the Denver Broncos and the Jacksonville Jaguars will play at Wembley Stadium. So uh, plenty to look for there for uh, football fans. Uh, Logan, uh, any other headlines uh, that you've picked up on from around the world this morning? Uh, I just want to jump on, um, like Simon, who does text into the show quite a lot on the Tempered Bear Post text machine, very avid listener, and we do love that here at SCNZ. And we're talking about fan engagement and fan retention, and the other argument that he brought into it was the competition now. It is not just Super Rugby, and we've talked about Super Rugby v NRL this week, but there's other things as well, of course. You know, we've got the Australian NBL, they're into their finals. We've got the New Zealand NBL, the sales NBL, you know, that's uh, kicking into uh, round two this weekend. There's so much to choose from. And when you you hear about these uh, people in, in the regions that want to go to games, you know, we think of Joe and Gisborne that will spend so much money, insane amount of money to go watch one All Blacks game uh, or like one Warriors game per year. I tip my hat off to people like that. I feel like us, well, maybe not you, Smithy, because you live in the wonderful uh, Havelock North, but, you know, in Auckland and stuff like that, you know, we can be spoiled for choice and we still don't go. And then you've got people that are dedicated and will spend thousands of dollars for one game a year. And I just, I love that. But there is just so much competition out there that you really do need to push the product, build the product, and try and find other ways to get people engaged. Because at the moment, it is just not happening. I just wonder about the hero factor too. Um, You know, uh, how are the players these days? Because, um, you know, they they chop and change them, they rest them, etc. And I think that's a very valid point as well. Uh, how many of the players today are genuine heroes to the kids? I, I'd see them do autograph signings at the end of games and the kids line up and that, but do they, do they actually know who they're getting the autographs off uh, from time to time, really? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, in days gone by, I mean, everyone just knew who Fitzpatrick was. That name was mentioned this morning, Michael Jones. Those people were so recognisable, so engaging. Uh, but they don't, do they know who the, the genuine all-black heroes are today and who are they? Uh, the other thing I'd like to ask you about is the, uh, in terms of uh, fan experience, what about ice hockey games? Tell us about the fan experience there. Oh, <laughs> Smithy, you're going to open up a can of worms here. Uh, no, the fan experience there, I've been to a lot of, a lot of American sports uh, games. The only one I haven't really ticked off is NFL. That is high on my bucket list, but I've been to a lot of NHL and uh, NBA games and Major League Baseball as well. They, they all vary uh, from team to team and 
depending on, I guess, budgets and everything that they all have. But in terms of ice hockey, like, it's just full on, you know, especially in a meaningful game. You've got the crowd really engaged. You've got the mascot running around. You've got the big jumbotron, you know, and they're trying to engage fans that way with classics like, you know, Kiss Cam. And they do all these other ones now, like, lookalike cams. And you might see this on, like, Twitter where they'll post a picture of a minion or like another cartoon character and they'll find someone in the crowd that kind of looks like that person and then they cut it's a total stitch up but it gets everyone engaged and everyone is cracking up perhaps maybe not the the person who's at the expense of the joke but it's a, it's a lot of fun and it's a good family environment uh, some teams uh, it's a lot more expensive than others but then there's other tiers below there's the AHL which is uh, the kind of the feeder system to the NHL and they have cheaper tickets and it's a, also a family environment and you can get involved that way. So there's other options. It's not just one one tier, that's it. You're only And if you can't go, you can't go. There's plenty of options out there and there's lots of ways for uh, fans to enjoy themselves. Interesting. The other thing I, I just wonder too with uh, COVID, of course, of people being locked down, stuck at home, all those sorts of uh, stadiums being closed for such a long period of time and then uh, when they finally opened, it was only for a certain amount of people where the people have just got used, got used to not going. Um, you know, the, the working from home scenario, people like working from home now and work uh, places don't mind them working from home as long as it doesn't impact on performance. So it's a lot easier to do, a lot less hassle uh, when someone's doing that. It's certainly a lot less hassle uh, to stay at home, isn't it? Um, so that, that's something else. Um, uh, that that uh, that I really do think is, is something they've got to look at. I, I don't envy them the task, actually. I don't envy them the task of trying to get people there. Um, and uh, one of the, the uh, I think the, the real eye-openers for me will be how quickly the tests go for, the tickets go for the Island tests against the All Blacks. Uh, I think that's a, a good forerunner. Um, the, there's an Eden Park test against the Wallabies as well. Whether those tickets will sell out real quick uh, or whether they'll, they'll take their time. It, to me, that's always the absolute acid test of support for sport in this country. Uh, it is 11.51. Take a short break, and when we come back, Staffy, just before midday. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.